Hi Claire, I'm Lucy, I'm from England and my question is, is the white princess and the Spanish princess accurate? Um, I'm doing a project at home about it and I really want to know is it accurate or not? Did Catherine of Aragon um, consummate her marriage with Prince Arthur because in the Spanish princess she did and is that true? Um, thank you, I watch your videos. Thank you to Lucy for that excellent question about the TV series that are based on Philippa Gregory's work. Now, Philippa Gregory's novels are inspired by history, inspired by real people and real events, but they are novels. They're, they're just inspired. They're not historically accurate. So what about Catherine of Aragon and Arthur, Arthur Tudor, Prince of Wales? What about that storyline? Well, first of all, let me tell you a bit about Catherine and Arthur. Catherine of Aragon, daughter of Ferdinand II of Aragon and Isabella I of Castile, married Arthur Tudor, Prince of Wales, the eldest son and heir of King Henry VII and his wife Elizabeth of York, on the 14th of November 1501. When they were both 15, Catherine was nearly 16. Following the marriage ceremony and the festivities, Catherine's ladies prepared the marital bed and they helped Catherine into her nightrobe and put her to bed. Arthur, accompanied by a rather rowdy group of noblemen and gentlemen, came to the chamber door and the men watched as Arthur climbed into bed with his young bride. A priest then blessed the marriage bed, prayed for the couple and then sprinkled them both with holy water. The priest and men then left the couple to their wedding night, wishing them joy together. The couple were now expected to consummate their marriage, something which would make it legal and binding. But did they? That is, of course, a question that became highly important in the late 1520s when King Henry VIII wanted to annul his marriage to Catherine on the grounds that the marriage had been incestuous and contrary to God's law because Catherine was his brother's widow. And when Catherine argued that she'd been a virgin when she married Henry so that it wasn't an issue, it wasn't incestuous. Was Catherine telling the truth about her virginity? We don't know is the simple answer and I could just leave it there. That is the only answer I can give. Anything else is speculation. It's opinion. Only two people know what happened on the night of the 14th of November 1501 and the nights that the couple spent together between then and Arthur's death in April 1502. And those two people are, of course, Arthur and Catherine. In 1529, at the Legatine Court at Blackfriars, which was a court set up to hear Henry VIII's case for an annulment, Catherine argued one thing, Henry another. And there were witness statements given then and at a hearing in Zaragoza in Spain for both sides. So let's look at what people said. 
the Marquis of Dorset, Sir Anthony Willoughby, the Duchess of Norfolk and Viscount Fitzwater all stated that Arthur had got under the covers with Catherine. That doesn't mean consternation though. And Arthur's servant, William Thomas, stated that they, of his knowledge, continued together as man and wife, meaning, as man and wife, meaning that in the fullest sense of the word, that the marriage had been consummated, and that he'd conducted Arthur to Catherine's bedchamber often and sundry times, where he continued all night. Sir Anthony Willoughby also claimed that Arthur had said to him the next morning, Willoughby, bring me a cup of ale, for I have been this night in the midst of Spain. Then to all of the others present, Masters, it is good pastime to have a wife. Sir David Tudor, Henry VIII's great uncle, stated that he believed there'd been carnal union. And there were comments, as historian Leander Delisle notes, about the men seeing Arthur's inflamed member, suggesting that consummation must have followed. The Herald had assumed that everything was normal in the marriage and had proclaimed it consummated. And in 1503, when terms were agreed for the marriage of Catherine with Henry VII's younger son, Prince Henry, who obviously later became Henry VIII, the treaty stated that Catherine's marriage to Arthur had been consummated. Everyone seemed to have assumed that the young couple had done the deed. Catherine's confessor, Alessandro Giraldini, wrote to Catherine's mother, Queen Isabella, stating that the marriage had been consummated. However, Catherine's lady, Doña Elvira, wrote to Isabella saying that this wasn't true and that Catherine was still a virgin. The dispensation that was granted for the marriage of Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon by Pope Julius stated that the marriage had perhaps been consummated. So there obviously was doubt then. And in 1503, Catherine's father Ferdinand had spoken to his ambassador at the Vatican in regards to the marriage treaty, stating that the bit about the marriage being consummated was a lie. He believed it hadn't been. At the special hearing in Zaragoza in Spain in 1531, a boy named Juan de Gamara, who'd been in Catherine's service, stated that he'd remained in Catherine's antechamber on her wedding night and that Arthur had got up very early, much to everyone's surprise. He also stated that Francisca de Cáceres, who was in charge of dressing and undressing the Queen and whom she liked and confided in a lot, was looking sad and telling the other ladies that nothing had passed between Prince Arthur and his wife, which surprised everyone and made them laugh at him. And that a worried Catherine had said, I fear he will never be able to have relations with me. No bloodstained sheets had been displayed after the wedding night, but then that was a Spanish tradition, not an English one. 
When she was interviewed by Cardinal Campeggio in 1529, Catherine claimed that she and Arthur had only spent seven nights together during their marriage and that she remained as intact and uncorrupted as when she had left her mother's womb. The Bishop of Ely also stated that Catherine had told him on several occasions that she was still a virgin after her marriage to Arthur. At Blackfriars, that legatine court in 1529, when Catherine fell to her knees in front of her husband, Henry VIII, she affirmed that she'd been a true maid without the touch of a man when she'd married him, and went on to say, whether this be true or no, I put it to your conscience. Interestingly, her second husband did not answer her back. The Spanish sources were under the impression that Arthur was unable to consummate the marriage, that he was sickly and weak. In the confessional, Catherine also stated that she had not consummated her first marriage. And historian Julia Fox points out that there are Spanish references to her taking an oath to this effect. So, would Catherine lie and put her soul in peril twice over? Well, Julia Fox notes that Catherine was not above dissembling. She could deceive and she could lie, as she'd done when she'd written to her father, misdating one of her miscarriages. And Fox also notes that the religious men Thomas More and Bishop Fisher had advised their servants that lies told for a godly purpose could earn God's forgiveness. What mattered was the motivation behind the lie. And perhaps Catherine believed that her second marriage, the promises she'd made in front of God then, her daughter's status, her daughter's claim to the throne, her husband's soul, England's future, etc., were all worth the sacrifice, and she could always confess her lie in the confessional later and receive absolution. Could Doña Elvira have lied in her letter to Isabella, disputing Catherine's confessor's claim? Yes, it's possible. Non-consummation would allow the Spanish monarchs to demand the return of Catherine's dowry. And as Giles Tremlett points out in his biography of Catherine, Elvira and her husband had argued with Henry VII over their wages, and so labelling his firstborn son, Arthur, his pride and joy as impotent might have been sweet revenge. Historian Antonia Fraser points out that we have to leave aside what she describes as the vulgar gossip of the men who testified during the annulment proceedings, as this wasn't only over 20 years later, but these courtiers wanted to serve Henry VIII's interests. He was their master, and they may well have just wanted to back up his argument. If we ignore them, Fraser says, then what we're left with is Catherine's unwavering assertions dating from 1502 onwards that the marriage was unconsummated. Unfortunately, Arthur could not be asked. Medical anthropologist Kyra Kramer believes that a medical problem may well have prevented Arthur consummating the marriage and that Catherine may well have been telling the truth. 
She believes that Arthur and his nephews, King Edward VI and Henry Fitzroy, died of non-classic atypical cystic fibrosis and that chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, a result of the complications of non-classic cystic fibrosis, could have caused Arthur to have erectile dysfunction. And Giles Tremlett notes that Catherine's physician believed that Arthur had been denied the strength to know a woman due to his ill health. But what do I think? Well, I just don't know. On the one hand, Catherine and Arthur would have known that their marriage wasn't fully legal and binding until consummation had taken place. And they would also have known that it was important for them to produce children to continue the Tudor line. But on the other hand, there wasn't a huge rush. They were only young, they were only 15, and Catherine's brother had just died young, so there may well have been the idea that they could hold off consummation for a bit. No one knew that Arthur was going to die soon. And it even looked like, at one point, that Catherine wouldn't be accompanying Arthur to Ludlow, that she'd be staying behind in London, so they couldn't actually share a chamber anyway. But I'm tempted to think that two 15-year-olds who liked each other and who were married and therefore supposed to have sex probably did it at least once during those few months. And I think that Catherine wouldn't have been against lying if she felt it was for the greater good. But what I think has no bearing on the issue. We will never know. So I'm sorry not to be able to answer your question, Lucy but there really isn't an answer, just opinion. In the description to this video, I'm going to recommend some further reading on this topic and also further reading on Catherine of Aragon. So do check those out. Thank you for joining me today. You can subscribe to this channel by clicking around about there. You can hit the bell to be notified as the videos go live and you can give me a like and leave me a comment. I really appreciate you taking the time to watch this. Take care. Bye bye.